Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first video podcast of Casually Die Hard. I'm Damien. This is Ashley. You're seeing us for the first time. And we're joined for the first time on video by two guests that we have here today, David and Eli from Eastern Connecticut Paranormal Society. Uh, we've we've done one paranormal interview. You guys are our second. And we're really excited to pick your brains because we are so intrigued ourselves in, in the paranormal and, and everything like that. And I think it's definitely a very fun topic of conversation because you never know what comes next. So, David, Eli, how are you doing this morning? I'm awesome. good. I got I'm got my coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say, <laughs> we're on the coffee trade. And I will say, you might have interviewed another paranormal team, but this is going to be the definitive uh, interview of a paranormal oh, team. Oh. <laughs> I'm excited. See, I love the confidence. Yes. The confidence yeah. is, is flowing. That's how I am. I'm like, I'm the best, so nothing yeah. else matters kind of thing. So I appreciate yeah, yeah, the yeah. confidence. Um. So gets, just getting started, how did you guys start Eastern Connecticut Paranormal? How long ago? How did you guys get into this field and, and everything like that? So uh, actually, I'm one of the co-founders, uh, and Chris uh, was the other co-founder. He unfortunately passed away back in January. Oh, I'm and sorry to hear that. Thank you. And uh, so him and I actually met on Halloween night back in 2015 okay. at... Uh, okay the notorious Enfield Demon House in Enfield, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. so the house has been on TV. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still apparently pretty pretty haunted, but I'm very familiar with the house. I spent a lot of time there. But him and I actually met there uh, during an investigation on Halloween, and uh, he just he knew things that he, he couldn't possibly know, and mm. I was so impressed. Uh, we ended up just maintaining communica open communication, and we decided to form a team. Uh, we have very similar backgrounds. He was in the medical corps in the Navy for about 22 years. Okay. Uh, and I'm in healthcare and science. Okay. So we came together as two uh, scientific people who also have a little bit of psychic stuff going on. So uh, oh. we, yeah, we just decided that there was uh, kind of a need in the paranormal field for that type of mindset and that approach. Nice. And so you are you are gifted with psychic gifts, it sounds like. Yes. And that was something that was actually really tough for me to kind of accept in myself because of mm. my logical side. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I really was working with Chris over the years that, you know, he would kind of like throw feelers out there like, you know, say the first name that pops into your head, you know, and I'd be like, uh, Jessica. And then mm -hmm. he'd be like, oh, I wrote that down like five minutes ago. And I'd be like, wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it was things like that where he kind of like, there were things that, you know, that I couldn't possibly know that I ended up knowing just by guessing, if you will, and uh, started working with that. And now um, since he passed, I mean, I'm the only psychic on the team. So it's kind of okay. he passed the torch to me. Now it's kind of my job to, uh, you know, use what he, he taught me. Nice. Yeah. So now over to Eli, how did you get involved then in, in the investigation process uh, after the founding? Yeah, so um, I'm probably, I think I'm the longest tenured member of the team now, right, Dave? Yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been, I've been with the group for about half its life. I joined four years ago um, in mm. 2019. And, um, you know, I, uh, I met with David and Chris and the first thing, uh, 
Chris said to me is, are you psychic? Because we don't want any more psychics on this team. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, the first investigation that we did, um, we were using, you know, different devices. We're using a, uh, an EMF detector, and we're using that as a communication tool. And I was asking questions and seeing if, you know, the, um, you know, the lights would go to red after I asked the questions. And um, I was going all along a string of questions. Um, and uh, Chris was in the, uh, the living room in the dark, like he used to do. Um, and uh, I heard, after I was asking all these questions, getting these answers, uh, I heard him in the other room and he was like, is he freaking psychic? He's like, I told you you want a psychic on this group. I think he was, I think he might've been talking to Dave in there. Um, And uh, so that was my first investigation, but I've been interested in the paranormal since I was 12 years old watching um, Ghost Hunters, um, the original TV show. Um, And uh, things kind of came full circle because a couple months ago we, investigated a house that was on ghost hunters um, oh, wow. Wow, that's cool. and, and we got to uh um sort of clean up the mess um you know that they had made um <laughs> so that, that was fun you, awesome. you say you say mess that they made what do you what do you mean by that yeah so the problem the problem with all these shows is that they come in there you know they're there for a short amount of time and then they never mm-hmm. talk with these people ever again, you know? Um, So our model, you know, we have clients that we worked with four or five years ago that we're still in touch with, that we're still helping. Mm. And uh, it's really important to keep that, um, you know, that uh, communication open um, because people are going to, you know, experience things several years later. um, Mm -hmm. And in this case, um, you know, what was happening in that house was, that people were fighting in the house um, and it stirred up energy in there. So we had, oh, to, okay. we had to come back in there. Interesting. Yeah. So speaking of um, paranormal shows on TV, that's sort of something that we, we yeah. watch it. We watch them all the time for, for mm-hmm. entertainment purposes. And I'm sure um, a lot of the people listening to this uh, do as well. So what do you think of them? Um are they exaggerated? How exaggerated are they? And what what red and green flags should people look for uh, when Dave, it comes to validity? <laughs> Dave has really strong opinions about this. Yeah, so yeah, I, I do. That, yeah. <laughs> it um, seems to be the general consensus of um, yeah. independent investigators versus the people on TV. Yeah, and, you know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's uh, so I could I come from two perspectives. So mm-hmm. we uh, got selected for a few tv pilots in the past uh there was one in particular that i think we all i think all of us interviewed for and then i got through to the literally the final round i did all the psych i did all the psyche vows they require uh i think the 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 plot of the show is they were going to take three people uh you know a medium or two different types types of mediums and then like a skeptic and they were going to drop us in a haunted asylum uh, for like three days and three nights or something by oh, ourselves okay. and they were going to have us all self-film it and you know no running water or electricity we're, we just have to bring like bottled water in. and they wanted to see how like psychologically it affected you yeah and interesting. i was like yeah this all sounds great like i think it's interesting like if you think i'm going to be the person that backs out before three nights like you're out of your mind uh mm-hmm. 
And it wasn't until I got to that final like piece of paper that I had to sign where they started saying like, oh, make sure if you hear noises like this, you react like this. Ooh. And I was like, oh, no. Okay. So now I got that gut feeling that said uh, they're trying to obviously sensationalize it for television, mm -hmm. make it entertaining. Right. But I'm like, that's not why I do this. I do yeah. this to find the truth. I do this to help people. Um, I don't need 15 minutes of fame to, you know, just because I'm on TV and get my ego boosted. So right. I opted out. Uh, that's So that's two TV shows that I opted out of because they were trying to basically fake or control how people reacted to mm -hmm. bumps in the night. And yeah. with that being said, too, there's that experience that I have. But then there's also uh, I know some of the investigators personally that are on TV. I mm -hmm. won't say names, uh, yeah. several different groups. And in light of new evidence, they don't change how they investigate. Okay. Meaning, you know, in the sciences, if you learn new information or something that is a logical explanation for something, you then mm -hmm. have to take that information and you have to incorporate it into your new body of evidence and then adjust yep. the way you're investigating or approaching mm -hmm. something. And mm -hmm. they'll take that information and just say, okay. And then they just go back to doing whatever they were doing because of kind of blissful ignorance. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that to me is like, that's not my approach. My yeah. approach is, again, to find the truth and to be honest with people. And I'm kind of quoted as saying, you don't know what you don't know. Um, I mean, it's true. Like in sciences and healthcare, we're always, there's so much we don't know. Mm -hmm. So if yeah. someone can explain something to me and I can learn from it and then incorporate that into my way of thinking, then that's great. But most people aren't down to do that. Uh, right. a lot of self-reflection. So yeah, I, I don't know. The shows are, uh, it's amazing how like they go in and they always, always, always get evidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paranormal yeah. activity is literally means beyond normal, right? Paranormal. If it was common, it would just be normal. Right. So yeah. like when these people are like, you know, giving presentations every year and they have like tons and tons of evidence, I'm like, I could probably debunk 95% of that right now. Yeah. Right. So I, I just, you know, it's sensationalized. It's for entertainment. But beyond yeah. that, mm, not sure. <laughs> so, so with a follow-up to that, um, with, with some of the stuff that they do capture, like outside of the bumps in the night kind of thing, you know, the, the, uh, the knocking, oh, what was that kind of reaction mm -hmm. stuff and everything. Um, when it comes down to the actual evidence that they do capture, like EVPs or, or shadow figures or something like that, and I'm not I'm not trying to say like all of it's fake or anything like that because obviously some of it has to be real in order for it to to come up. But how how much do you think of that is actually real versus being a staged like shadow figure or something mm -hmm. like that, or even something that might be edited in in post? Like, do you think that that's a possibility and stuff like that? Because I'm a little bit more skeptical when it comes down to some of the evidence that they capture, especially like um, the SLS camera. Like, I feel like that's mm. so easy. That's so easy to kind of manipulate. So yeah. I, I, I kind of want to know your thoughts on that kind of aspect as uh, somebody that's done this. Yeah. So what I could say is like scientifically, right, because I'm going to always kind mm -hmm. of refer to that. The, yep. the devices that even we use, like the EMF meter, the SLS camera, which we don't even use that, by the way, but, mm -hmm. you know, the, anything that we use, 
we cannot actually say that those are proving the existence of anything. All we right. can basically say is like, oh, I, ca I captured like an anomaly of some kind. I'm not really sure mm. what it is, but I can't definitively say that it's a ghost. Mm. So um, I, I mean, even just browsing like Reddit, you can, you can find like, ask me anything's from people who have like been video editors for some of these paranormal shows. Oh, wow. And they say wow. that it's mainly like their job is like hours and hours and hours of just finding ways to actually make this like little <laughs> clip look like really scary and like impressive. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So I think most of it is post, uh, you know, it's, it's made in post. Um, like you said, I mean, are they capturing, like maybe they capture a shadow figure or something like, yeah, sure. Maybe. But mm -hmm. like what went into that? Like for us, mm -hmm. it, there has to be a sub, there has to be like a couple things that are coupled together. So like mm -hmm. say Eli says, I feel cold over my left shoulder. Mm. And then at the same time, he says that we snap a picture with our professional photographer will snap a picture. So it's someone mm. who knows their camera, knows what they're yeah. doing, knows the Correct. lighting environment. And then she captures an orb over his shoulder right when he said that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we also get an EVP. Now mm. it's three things coupled together that go into that one event. Now we're starting to talk maybe something weird is going on. Right. You know, you just take like one photo or you just get one video of something. It's like, ah, oh, that could be anything. Yeah. yeah. That See, that's where I come at it with mm -hmm. it too. Um, so, so Eli, it's a, 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 you're the lead investigator of, mm. of the group. Um, so my question is, what equipment do you think provides the most scientific evidence that is like, okay, yes, this is what I truthfully believe it is. Like, obviously, like EVPs and video uh, and, and voice recordings and stuff like that, that helps with proving tonality and everything. But like, what pieces of equipment like that do you think give us the most evidence to prove that the paranormal is real? Yeah, I, so... I would say that um, since we don't know what we don't know, we can't say mm -hmm. that anything is 100%, right? Um, yeah. But um, we have um, in the past, and this was before I was in uh, the group, but um, in the past, they one of the first big pieces of evidence that they captured um, was um, of this little girl called Lillian Rose. Um, and we talked about it in all of our presentations. And um, in this sort of footage, um, uh, ECPS captured a little girl looking around the corner and then running away. It's really oh. quick. Um, but the interesting thing is that um, the, um, this footage was captured by two different types of cameras. So there was the infrared camera and then there was the full spectrum camera. Okay. And so... On the infrared camera, which you can see in the dark, right? Mm -hmm. um, it actually was capturing uh, from the other side um, where that little girl was in the door opening, and it didn't actually capture anything. But the full spectrum camera actually captured the little girl going across. So um, I think that, you know, there's this whole um, source and band of light um, that we can't see with our human eyes but mm -hmm. that sort of a full spectrum camera can capture yeah. um, that that might be some of the key to it. But I will say about equipment um, going back to the ghost shows that are on TV, um, you know, <laughs> there's, there's so many different ways um, that you can manipulate evidence to make it look mm. like things. 
and we in our presentations we show people um the different ways um one example is um simple you know photography um if you capture something in low light and it's long exposure um, mm -hmm. you can get things that look like apparitions, right? Yeah. Um, because a person might be moving and then, you know, they capture them over a long exposure. Uh, right. We have one that of David and it looks like there's an apparition at the piano. Um, so it's really important to recreate all the mm -hmm. evidence that we do capture um, and see if we can debunk it as much as possible. <clears throat> um, the other thing, and I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but there's this um, re voice recorder called the DR60 from Panasonic. Yeah. It was yeah. created in 1998. For your listeners who don't know, it was like the one of the first digital recorders. It's okay. considered like the holy grail um, of voice recorders, and that's a, um, that is used a lot on TV. Um, if you try to buy it now used, it's like two thousand dollars on eBay. Wow. Oh wow! Um, but it consistently picks up. EVPs and voices all the time. Mm. Um, but I personally think that it's kind of a sham. It was like, it was made in 1998. It was a really cheap recorder. I think it was yeah. like $19. So it, it's a really, you know, um, you know, bad chip in there. Um, right. And, uh, and they use that for EVP evidence all the time on TV. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So speaking of, um, evidence and equipment and things like that, I've noticed a lot more people using um, sort of apps to to go ghost hunting and, and capture things. Like one of the ones that I think a lot of groups are using now is Spirit Talker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that is something that I'm a lot more skeptical about. Me I think too. that uh, <laughs> with, with our phones, like locations can be captured. Things can just, I mean, people can make an app and you know, I mean, you have to allow access to your mic when you're using a lot exactly. of these apps. So, <laughs> what what do you think of those those things? Are they is there any validity to them? Uh, I'm gonna say no. no. I'm in agreement with you guys. I, there's too many confounding variables that could explain yeah. like how that app is working or how it's picking up what it's picking up. Right. Uh, it, it's you know, again, if I can't control the environment and like really narrow <clears> down <throat> what's actually causing something to occur then it's it's hearsay i i can't yeah i can't say it's paranormal at all yeah and we've actually um i'm sorry i just i just wanted to say like we've actually sometimes um we have a big team so sometimes we split the team mm -hmm. um and there's been times where we don't have like a spirit box with us mm -hmm. um that's one of the pieces of equipment that we use and so uh, we've like used apps out of desperation. Yeah. Um, and they are crazy. Like, you know, the responses that come out of them just don't make sense. And you get like, ooh, like that's coming out. And, you know, it, it, it's a bunch of BS, yeah. um, especially, especially the free ones. Um, yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, um, I don't think any of them you can, you can sort of use or count on. Um, you got to count on the actual tried and true equipment, mm -hmm. um, right. you know, that's actually being used. Right. I think a lot of those apps just play off our suggestibility. Right? Yeah, yeah, we, we, exactly. we, like, we love to look for connections. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. psychology. Yeah. So, you know, you say basement and, oh my God, there's a basement in the house. 
Like, exactly. there, must be, there must be yeah. bodies down there or something. Like right. everyone, we, we make these crazy connections and it's like, we can't do that. We have to be as specific as possible. And I tell people that with the psychic stuff too. Like yeah. I could tell you like, you know, how many people in here have a grandma that died? And it's like, well, probably most of us. So mm -hmm. it's like, no, if I'm not giving you specific information that can then be validated through uh, property records, like land deeds, yeah. obituaries, or mm. some kind of substantial evidence, then yeah. it's hearsay. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, and, and that's a, like kind of cool way to look at it too, with, with the psychic abilities and stuff like that, because you never truthfully know what you're what's coming through because it could be somebody that's attached or like that's uh related to the person that you're talking to or it could be just some random jamoke that <laughs> happened to be in this location yeah. that's yeah. like hey tell this person i said this <laughs> or, or something right. along those lines and um so back to like the the tv comparison there's always there's a show that's out there um it's called the Dead Files. I'm sure you guys yeah. are aware of this one with Steve Deshavi and now Cindy Kaza. And um, one of my questions is: Do you guys approach an investigation similar to that with you, David, having psychic abilities? Do you do a tour of the location first and try not to have any kind of information, and then do you have a paranormal investigation? Your paranormal investigation team go in after you and like try to find validity do you do you work in tandem because like with the dead files to me i feel like there's a missing element of that show where it's like okay you're saying all this stuff now where's the paranormal team to come in like the day after you yeah. to right. try to prove that stuff outside of just the records and everything like that yeah 100 percent um so i'm actually kept in the dark completely about any like we have a case tonight that we're doing at a private residence and okay. um i think it's all i know is it's supposed to be like relatively bad claims but like these guys eli and them they do all the research um mm. i don't know anything i don't even know the address i'm going to tonight so i'll just show up um we have a, i mean we have a process so like uh we'll do baseline sweeps we'll take baseline mm -hmm. photos videos walkthroughs mm. um I, we're now at a point where we're starting to get like vlog footage and b-roll and stuff like that just for mm -hmm. business purposes but right. uh, i stay completely outside actually i don't go in first at all i let mm. them all do their thing i actually start um kind of meditating on cases a couple days in advance usually okay sometimes that's not even voluntary i'll just start getting stuff and it's like oh i guess we're doing this mm. um so i i write down anything that i i get i i you know, market, date it, um, any names, anything that may pop up. So when, when I get there, I show these guys what I wrote down and then they have it in their head. And then throughout the investigation, they still won't tell me anything. It's not until mm -hmm. after the investigation that we can then put things together. So the only thing I'll get from them is like, if I ask a specific question, like, are there claims of uh, a woman falling down the stairs here or something? Okay. And then like, yes or no, that's all I want. Don't give me mm -hmm. any details, just right. yes or no. So I at least know I'm on the right track so I could tune in more. Mm -hmm. That's it. And let me uh, clarify too. My psychic abilities are more so clairsentient than okay. say clairvoyant or clairaudient. Right. So, you know, a lot of people call that an empath. Uh, that is a, for the record that is a completely separate thing mm -hmm. mm. so in my belief 
a psychic empath is someone that can pick up, you know, feelings, emotions on living people, living mm-hmm. beings. As soon as you cross that barrier, now you're getting information about spirits. Now you're a medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I used to cl- classify myself as an empath, but then, you know, the more I kind of looked into it, the more I discovered how it was working. And um, I believe they're completely separate entities. Um, okay. But yeah, that's essentially how it works is, you know, uh, anything I write down, anything I get during the investigation, these guys confirm with research. If we can't okay. confirm it that's with really some cool. actual legitimate evidence, then, uh, you know, it's either I'm wrong, or I'm interpreting it wrong, or mm-hmm. it's just, you know, maybe that spirit came in from the street and mm-hmm. just wanted to say hey or give me some random information you know it's, it's and that's fine yeah. either way that's fine that's i get what i get and i don't get what i don't get mm-hmm. yeah and and i'll give you i'll give you guys a good example of when uh sort of psychic ability and keeping in the dark like really worked um and this was from i want to say two years ago we were at a case in south windsor connecticut and um, we're, it was a mother and daughter that were experiencing things. It was a multi-generational household. The, the grandparents live there as well. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, when we go in there, um, you know, at the time uh, when Chris was still alive, Chris and David were outside. And I want to say like the driveway was like uh, 50 feet long. Um, so oh. they were way outside They were yeah. Like, yeah. You know, at the bottom of the street. Um, and so we went in there, we always do an intake with any of our clients. Okay. Um, and we asked them, you know, there's like 35 questions on there. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when we got there, um, the daughter started talking about new information that she hadn't even told us on the intake oh. or on the phone. And so she was telling us that she had dreamed about and also seen, sort of like a, they call it like a slender man uh, type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, yeah. You know, tall, dark shadow figure with a cowboy hat and a bolo tie. Oh. Um, and it was, oh. it, was free, it was freaking her out. And so I just, you know, I took in that information. Um, later in the night, we were doing a spirit box session, EVP session around the table. Mm-hmm. And we we're asking questions in the middle of that session, their dog starts growling um, and towards the backyard. And so I went out there. I didn't see anything. Um, it was pretty dark, but I didn't see anything out there. And Chris was an automatic drawer. Um, so he would just draw okay. in the dark, whatever yeah. he was seeing in his head. And so we finished that session and um, we took a break. We turned on the lights and I went up to Chris and I was like, what were you drawing over there? And he turns around the pad, and it's a dark shadow figure, tall shadow figure with a cowboy hat and a bolo tie. There's no, there's no way he could have known that. I learned yeah, that information so like that night. Um, you know, we we have a Dropbox that we all use. We keep mm-hmm. things in there. Yeah. But um, this wasn't even in the Dropbox. This wasn't wow. access wow. anywhere. I learned it like that night. Um, as new information. So the fact that he picked on that so specific thing, um, yeah. I I almost fainted. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I want to too. I, that's incredible. Yeah. So doing an investigation, I think uh, 
everybody sort of has um, this thought in their head that it's it's better when when it's dark at night when the lights are off. Does mm-hmm. an investigation need to be done with the lights off, or can it be done during the day? Is there a better time? Yeah. So the oh, I say the only reason. Well, there's a couple reasons why we investigate at night. One mm-hmm. is we all have full time responsibilities. Fair yeah. enough. Like that's that's yeah. one. You know, yeah. the weekend weekend nights are te- typically when all seven of us are most available. Right. Um, two, it is a little easier to get people out of their their houses mm, when at night because they can go to a hotel room for the night right. or something or make plans. Um, so there's that kind of logistical aspect to it. Uh, and then really, we reduce noise contamination at night. Yeah. Okay. Right. There's less cars on the road. There's even less like mm-hmm. Wi-Fi being used going through the air. Mm-hmm. There's all these just extraneous noises that we can control more at night. Right. That's really the only reason. Uh, but we've done investigations yeah. during the day uh, and we've still gotten evidence and stuff. It's just yeah. Now, yeah. now we have now we have more light to kind of deal with when we're taking mm-hmm. photos. And that makes run. sense, too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's it. Interesting. So. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to start saying something. Yeah, no, um, I am. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so doing um, doing investigations, especially like house calls and things like that, would you say that the majority of them are legit or are people maybe making things um, a bigger deal in their head than, than they are? Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like it's like uh, we have kind of have kind of part of our mission statement is we never invalidate someone's beliefs mm-hmm. or what they're mm-hmm. experiencing because yeah, even if like even if they have a psychiatric condition or something it's still real to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we kind of keep that in mind. Um, you know, we're also only there for like four to six hours, like right. on a, any given night. You're there twenty four seven. So yeah. even if we don't capture anything at all, that's not to say that nothing's happening. It's just to say that right. either, you know, we're not the ones who are meant to give you that message. Yeah. Um, or there's nothing there or, you know, but either <laughs> way, like we're only there for a short period of time. So mm-hmm. we just didn't get anything like, yeah. Um, and we'll, we're kind of the no BS paranormal team. We tell people straight up what we got, what we didn't get. Um, mm-hmm. All of our, all our findings are public people can okay. scrutinize them people can read them interpret them however they want clients mm-hmm. get about 10 to 15 page reports sometimes oh, wow. with all of our oh. findings and we okay. do this all for free this is just how we do it because we're that thorough and we're that passionate about it where it's like yeah. here's this report now you're free to get a second opinion we can come mm-hmm. back we can do you know we have mm-hmm. that documentation yeah. um yeah interesting I, I, I think the other thing too that people don't realize, um, and we've realized from just doing hundreds of investigation mm. um, over the years, is that um, you know par- true paranormal activity is very very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we don't we don't experience it um, in every case, and that's why we talk about the TV shows them experiencing yeah. all these pieces of evidence. Every like time. it doesn't mm-hmm. happen like that. There's there's lots of nights where we're just sitting in an empty house and yeah. we're shooting the breeze and nothing is happening. Um, yeah. The other the other thing about paranormal activity as well that people don't realize is that sometimes paranormal activity is self-manifested. 
right? So, mm-hmm. You know, if if the husband and the wife or if a multi-generational family is in there and they're fighting constantly, um, or we found that if you're, um, you know, younger kids that are, um, you know, sort of going through puberty as well, um, mm-hmm. can self-manifest, it's called PK. Um, they're self-manifesting activity because bad energy, um, tends to like align with bad energy. You're like a beacon, um, out there that's inviting things in. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's another part of it. You can cause paranormal activity, um, to happen as well. And, um, a lot of times when we educate people that, you know, you got to keep things positive in here, you got to stop arguing with each other. Mm-hmm. They come back to us and they're like, wow, the activity stopped. I don't understand. That's so <laughs> yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's something we were actually talking about the other day. Yeah. It's like that self-manifestation. Yeah, because like, we, were, we, we were watching something and it's like, you know, you you can, once you create that energy, that energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, the whole th- that's the whole theory of paranormal is once you die, your energy doesn't disappear. Like, it doesn't just go... Mm-hmm. Like it, I, it, it, it doesn't poof away. It stays. And, you know, sometimes that it takes a long time for that energy to dissipate and stuff. So when you create all of that negative energy, you're going to have a negative reaction. But if you have a positive house and a positive light and right. more positivity around you, you're not going to give as much energy off to create all of these things to happen. Right. And the way that I explain it is kind of like what you said, everything in nature likes to balance out. So, mm-hmm. You know, if you have someone who's positive in the house and someone who's negative in the house, they're going to kind of meet in the middle. Mm -hmm. But if you have two people that are super negative, well, now those general vibrations are way down here. Right. So you're always at a lower vibrational state and then you're attracting more things. Um, And I do like how you quoted um, energy cannot be created nor destroyed, only transferred. And that's that first law of thermodynamics. But what yeah. people, again, you don't know what you don't know. The second law of thermodynamics directly kind of disputes that. Oh. Because uh, it's regarding what's called entropy, which is basically just think of it as disorder. Everything disintegrates over time. Mm. Right. That's why we age. We, yeah. everything, yeah. everything, no, time will wither away everything. The universe right. mm-hmm. is undergoing entropy 24 7 which is eventually the universe will collapse on itself for that very reason so yeah like yeah people say like yeah energy is just transferred you don't really go anywhere Mm -hmm. like that's true but also time will cause Mm -hmm. that energy yeah and what's interesting to me is i think the oldest spirit that chris or i ever communicated with was from the 1400s Okay. Now that's interesting to me because that's a long time ago. Yeah. And, and I, I'm like, well, why haven't I picked up on anyone from like you know BC or you know yeah. like 400? Um, right. And it's like, well, one, I like, what would you talk about? Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how, how would you, you even communicate? Like, how would you communicate? Right. right. Yeah. There's no way. Like half the time we have to say like, you know, we have to call a flashlight a torch or something or mm-hmm. a lantern because they don't they sense. wouldn't know what a flashlight is. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gotten people in, uh, speaking foreign languages, spirits yeah. you know, coming through. That's another thing people ask us all the time. Like, how come they always speak English? And we're like, well, they don't. Yeah. No. We get no, all types of languages. 
Yeah. I, that's something I always laugh at is like you go, you see, you see investigators that'll go to like Germany or something like that. And they're speaking German and it's like, oh, well, we didn't really capture any EVPs. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit. Right. <laughs> You're not speaking you, German. Maybe you did. You just don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like, like part of our mission is uh, Eli can tell you it's pretty tough to get on Eastern Connecticut Paranormal Society. Um, mm -hmm. We typically will intern someone for a full year before we're, mm. we even yeah. let them on as permanent members. Yeah. And okay. Chris and I kind of came up with that concept because everyone wants to be paranormal investigator. Mm -hmm. but there's no formal education or anything required to do it right. necessarily. Right. So right. part of our thing is like, you have to bring something to the table mm -hmm. that um, is new or like Eli, he, his in was that he was a journalist. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he had connections and he, uh, his degree is in what well, communications master's degree is in communications. A so master's in communication. Yeah. Right. So he had a formal education he had a master's degree um, and he came from a unique perspective that helps with research, journalism, mm -hmm. advertising, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how he kind of got on, got in. And then we have you investigate with us, review evidence, all that for a year. And these guys will tell you it's literally a, a full time job. Um, yeah. We are we are talking 24 seven in group chat. Uh, we're always trying to come up with new things. I give these guys blogs to write. They have side projects to do. It's it's constant. And mm. I want to know that, okay, yeah, you're passionate about it. But then as soon as you get onto the team as a full-time member, are you then going to just stop doing your responsibilities? Because now you're right. on tenure. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to see, like, over a year, like, let's say you go through a really bad breakup. Is that going to then affect how you're doing your job with ECPS? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we all have personal important. things going on. And I want to make sure that anyone on the team can still stick to what they said they were going to do and continue this work. Uh, and Eli, obviously, you know, he's lead investigator now. <laughs> he's been doing great. Um, but yeah, so we, we make it pretty difficult to actually get on the team. You have to really bring a unique approach or perspective. And half yeah. the battle is just showing up. Like half yeah. the battle is just showing up and putting the effort in. We've had exactly. people that have interned for us that like, you know, miss like three investigations in a row and like yeah. are not doing their share of, you know, the evidence review and uh, are not communicating. And, um, you know, it's, it's so rare, like in, in this post sort of pandemic world now, like mm -hmm. seeing this in the job market, but we're also seeing this like on paranormal teams on volunteer yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Like that, so. yeah. Yeah, no, it's so important to have that commitment. It really is because like if if you're looking at it as like a team, so I come, um, uh, you guys have no way of knowing this, but I come from an independent wrestling background. So I was an independent professional wrestler for a few years and stuff like that. And we don't, we don't call it interning. We call it uh, young boying. Like you're, you're a young boy. Okay. You gotta, you gotta set up the ring. You gotta, you gotta learn how to build the entranceway. You gotta right. learn how to promote, how to flyer, all that kind of stuff, promote your mm -hmm. event. And then it's like, you gotta learn all the backstage stuff. And I started as a security guard, worked as a videographer, uh, I, uh, a producer of a show to actually ring announcing, then refereeing, then wrestling. Like oh, <laughs> I had to go through right. like a year and a half of stuff. And all the while you're training three times a week by just learning how to fall on your back. And 
at at one point then it's like okay we're not gonna make you the young boy anymore but you still have to do some of the stuff you can't like it's not oh you don't have to set up the ring every time but you gotta at least help with the entrance way or you gotta like mm -hmm. you gotta learn how to do it and it's it, we call it paying your dues yeah right like, it's a team effort it's yeah so it's a team effort to, to make sure that the people on the team are gonna gonna show up for the rest of the team yeah right so right and that's exactly like our mindset too it's like you yeah know, we don't you know we joke about you know making people carry the equipment and get get the coffee and things like that but like no like none of that like i still you know i still bring in equipment i still do all yeah. that stuff and i'm and i'm at a point where i have six people kind of like under me on the team that i could be like yeah. hey go do this but like right no like we're a team i don't yeah. care that i'm the co-founder we're still a team Right. So we work together and we try to help people. And that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was going to say uh, in the wrestling world, I was trained by a guy that had 33 years of experience. He still drives the truck to bring the ring. Mm -hmm. Like right. he's, yep. he's still getting everything set up and stuff. But um, you guys have a couple things coming up. The first thing that we wanted to talk about was uh, you guys have a spooky Christmas presentation at the Russell Library in Middletown on December 9th, 3 p.m., uh, walk us through what what are you guys going to be talking about there, and like how do you how do you set up for presentations and stuff like that? Yeah, so uh, we actually investigated the Russell Library in Middletown, and it's a pretty high graded haunted library. Okay. So we captured some really good evidence there. Yeah, uh, we're gonna so we're gonna be presenting that, but we're also gonna be presenting our our entire investigative process, how we do what we do, and why we do it. Mm. Uh, we're going to enter you're going to meet all the team members um you know maybe we show some equipment things like that and then we're going to showcase some of our best evidence that we've gotten over the years from all different kinds of cases around connecticut uh massachusetts rhode island new york mm. uh so we're going to show all that and because it's december uh we're going to hopefully have some nice christmas decor up and make it a little spooky at the same time I thought you guys were going to start talking about Krampus or something like that. <laughs> uh, that's I, I've actually had that. Um, I, I want to do a presentation on all those like urban legends and you know yes. myths and stories and things like that. I think that would be really cool. Oh, that's so it, much. Fun. It would and follow up to that. So cryptids and things like that. How how does that factor into the paranormal? Because I I personally am very into cryptids, not I'm necessarily not. because I think they're real. I think mm -hmm. there's always validity to things like that. Like somebody saw something, um, yeah. but I don't necessarily think that it's Mothman. I was going to say, <laughs> no, you truthfully believe Mothman's a real thing. I don't. I just really <laughs> love the legend. Wait, they recently oh. they recently found another instance of Mothman? I didn't even hear about that. Uh, they're always Another reporting always. stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, they're okay. always <laughs> reporting stuff about Mothman. Like it goes right. in waves. It's like for ten years, it'll it'll die down, die yeah, down, and then two people will see it. All like, Mothman. He's back. He's back. <laughs> so for cryptids, we've had, we've gotten a lot of calls over the years about people wanting us to investigate like a cryptid sighting. Um, yeah. You know, my thing was like, listen, if I could get paid to camp out in the middle of your woods for mm -hmm. like a week straight like i would totally do it but like yeah. that's not feasible yeah. so we we tend to not investigate those and actually we we've been in contact a lot over the years with um the new england branch of like mufon okay for uh, ufo familiar. it's like ufo sightings they're that okay you know, they're the really nerdy guys that investigate all the yeah. UFO stuff. <laughs> and uh 
you know, they have like weekly meetings to discuss sightings and stuff. And, you know, I kind of was never a big fan of like the UFO stuff until mm -hmm. I literally saw one. <laughs> My wife and I were driving like okay. on the highway somewhere and um, we just saw this thing in the sky literally just go straight across the track super fast. Wow. And like, we didn't say anything to each other. And then like five minutes later, we're like, did you see that before? And we were both like, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything though. But just the distance and how fast this thing moved was like, I was convinced. Mm, but, yeah. but yeah, same thing. Like, how am I supposed to investigate like a UFO sighting? Right. right. Like, it, so it's the same with cryptids. Like, I love it. I'm, I'd be all for it if there was a way for us to feasibly do it. But uh, there's just not. Yeah. Discovery Channel. <laughs> right. right. Like, yeah. like we or we can get a sponsor that'll like pay for us to like go sit out somewhere. Like I'm all oh for yeah, it. I'll do it. Oh, that'd be yeah. so listen, good. listen, call up any Texas gun company. I <laughs> promise you, I promise you they'll sponsor them for like a season. Right. Yeah. You know, and my thing too is like how come all this like Bigfoot footage? Like I'm you I don't yeah. know if you guys saw like the recent one that they saw apparently, but it's always from like a mile away. It's yeah. always blurry. like yes. yeah, it's blurry. <laughs> And I'm like, we oh have my, like 5K it's... cameras now. Like, why aren't yeah. we getting... We have stabilizers. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Image stabilizer. That's always my thing. It's like, why is he always blurry? <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's the same thing with like demon footage. We always get like footage yeah. from people about yeah. like they're seeing demons and stuff. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. it's grainy. It's blurry. You're shooting into yeah. like a reflective surface. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's it always looks... things. It always looks like they um, shot it through, like, you know how in elementary school they uh, made you create, like, a um, a camera out of an oatmeal can? Yeah. Um, that's what it looks like, that it was shot from an oatmeal can. Yeah. Right. Right. Speaking of, of demons, so how much activity do you think, when people are, are describing something as demonic or evil, how... How much of that do you think is sort of that demonic entity versus um, either people bringing on their own energy or maybe just uh, not effectively communicating with a spirit that has passed mm. who is just like trying to get a message across? Mm. Yeah. So Eli loves to quote that um, Chris's old quote, which is that <laughs> demonic hauntings typically are like. 0.001% of everything. Like it's yeah. super, super rare. Mm -hmm. um, I typically describe demonic entities in three ways. One mm -hmm. is that they're literal beings that, you mm -hmm. know, fallen angels that were cast out from heaven and thrown into hell. Two is that they're literally like a lower vibrational energy. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that you attract that negative energy, you can attract this demon. And the third really is it's possible that demons are simply forces of nature that are destructive by nature. Yeah. Uh, and I always equate that to like a tornado, right? A tornado mm -hmm. is destructive. It's a force of nature. It could kill mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. but yeah. you wouldn't call a tornado evil. Yeah. It's just, it's just destructive by nature. So maybe demonic entities are the same. Maybe they are like literal forces of nature, energies, whatever. Yeah, but they're chaotic. They're destructive, and if you tap into them, then obviously you're going to have chaos in your life. Right. So there's kind of like that's the three ways I kind of describe them, and whether which one you believe is up to you. Um, but in our experience, that's probably the most accurate 
is that they're simply just forces of nature that you can tap into or not. Because there's people yeah. that uh, perform demonolatry, which is worship mm -hmm. of demons, where they actually yeah. you know do rituals and pray to them to get mm -hmm. help, and they believe yeah. that they're they're for good. The more we study our history, we also know that the Catholic Church literally demonized a lot of these pagan gods that yep. were used for good things. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, too, um, I believe we have had about two demonic cases, which okay. is super rare. Because when we formed the team, Chris and I were like, we're not going to do any of that. Like, <laughs> that's not our thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then sure enough, like that year, we got one case that we were on for a year and a half. Wow. Um, and the way that we got this case was like, I, we were just clearly meant to get the case because I was on Reddit one day and some guy from Seattle, Washington messaged me and was like, Hey, I have a case for you in Connecticut. And I was like, how did you even get my username? Like, how do you even know I'm yeah. from Connecticut? Mm -hmm. I have no idea how he got the case 3000 miles away. I don't know. Right. That. Yeah. But we got this case. Uh, him and I went out there. He flew, he flew down. We went up there. Uh, something was just off. That's all the only mm. way I could describe it. it was something was not right. And mm. on the way home, my tire blew out on the highway. First time that ever happened. And <clears throat> when I brought it into the mechanic, it was like a knife slash about that wide. In what? He actually said, oh, someone knifed your tire. And I said, no, it blew out when I was driving. And he wow. Was like, That's weird. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, again, whether it was coincidence or not, I, I right. can tell yeah. you, but it was just that's the first and only time that ever happened to me, and it was when I was coming home from that case. Wow. Um, yeah, there was also, like, he got a text message from, like, a random number that said, um, ha, 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 you're calling, calling Paranormal Dave or something like that. And this was, like, three days before I ever got the case. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh like weird weird stuff um that is yeah. crazy yeah so that case was one of those cases where like it was three of us in the house eli wasn't on the mm -hmm. team yet it was me chris and uh, our other investigator melissa mm -hmm. and it was just us in the house no pets clients were gone um three it's like three in the morning and we Which would say know? we would say right we would say <laughs> uh okay knock on the wall once for yes answers or twice for no or something like mm -hmm. that and i sh shit you not we had like at least four questions answered by this entity knocking on a wall so loud it was like a baseball bat oh, wow. like you're sitting in a pitch black room you know again no one in the house nothing yeah. and then you can ask a question and then literally right after you hear boom boom or just one knock for no i'm like it was crazy yeah. it was crazy um that's insane but, no, it's not like the movies where, you know, the spinning heads and the vomit and oh, the right. crucifix is just turning. It's yeah. subtle. It's like, mm -hmm. you've, you know, you've said the Lord's Prayer a million times in your life. But then when you're in that moment, you feel a presence. And now you don't know the words at all. Yeah. You, start, you start doubting yourself. You start doubting your faith. You start doubting each other. Uh, Chris had yeah. an experience there where him and I actually were like, he was furious at me. Um for no reason other than the entity was basically trying to turn us on each other. Like mm -hmm. how, yeah. do you get, how do you get these people out of the house and away from yeah. you? Well, you turn the two co-founders co on each other. Right. Yeah. So it was like these little like mind games and these little tricks that the entities were playing um, that we eventually caught on to and was like, mm -hmm. wait a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, demonic entities are a lot more subtle, but they're definitely very rare. 
Um, mm-hmm. But every, everyone's got the Satan in their house, right? Like right. that's the most common yeah. claim. It's like mm-hmm. yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because they don't want to believe that it's just some random guy being like, don't mess up this wall. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy too, though, is like people say they call us in and they say like, you know, God, I don't want there to be a demon here. And it's like, well, we don't have any evidence that there is anything malevolent here at all. And then yeah, they get right. like, they get disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, even though they're, you know, they're like, oh yeah, you guys got to come in and solve this problem. And then it's like, okay, well, we're giving you the answer right now. And then they're like, yeah. oh, well, I still think it's like Satan. And I'm like, yeah, like I was hoping it was a demon. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of the time, yeah. a lot of the time with that, I'll say is that um, they want something to blame their problems on. Yep. You yeah. You know, like they're down on their luck, like they're gambling and they lost all their money. Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they are having relationship problems and they want something they can blame all right. those things on. So they said there must be a demon here. That they yeah. the demon must be possessing us because right. there's no reason why like I should be fighting with my wife like this. Yeah. Um, even though like we find out that you know he's out of the house six days a week and he's at right. the bar, you know, like talking yeah. to other women. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes no. the demon is you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the demon is you. Yeah, sometimes the demon. Is it okay if we trademark that and we sell that Absolutely. on merch? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> trademark, 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 trademark. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you go into one of those rare situations where something might be demonic or malevolent, how do you protect yourself? I think it's different for each of us. Um, mm-hmm. Eli is our team Jew. Um, yeah. so okay. I, he does his <laughs> he do, he does his own thing. And we joke gotcha. because I'm like one percent Jewish, so like, yeah, I okay. say like I, I, I'm in the club. He's my um, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's like me. I'm three percent Italian. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you gotta welcome. use your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I right. use my hands all the time. <laughs> so um, I think each of us has our kind of different beliefs. Um, I was raised Roman Catholic. That's kind of like my, okay. my foundation. Okay. Um, you know, Eli's Jewish. We have a couple of people who are Lutheran on the team. So gotcha. everyone does their own thing, but. As the co-founder for me, I always, always, always do, I combine prayers and meditation and Mm -hmm. I ask for protection over me, my team, my family, my friends, because I don't, you know, knock on wood, I've never, right. I've never brought anything home. I've never had an Mm -hmm. attachment. And I attribute that to my faith and that Mm -hmm. my 110% conviction that nothing is allowed to affect me or my life in any way. I also wholeheartedly believe that my higher power puts ECPS in these cases, in these homes for a reason. Yeah. If we weren't meant to get that case, then we wouldn't. That's so fair. Yeah. I, I just stand by that. And I mean, so far to this day, it's worked. But prayers, meditation for me, I uh, even when we get there, I always ask that protection be continued. And I ask mm-hmm. my higher power for permission, actually before I even step in the house, because I, anything that I can do psychically is because mm-hmm. of my higher power. It's right. you know not coming from me necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I just ask permission to be that, that vessel, that messenger that can help this family. I think that's a big thing too, is just like, again, you're taking your ego out of it. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're giving it away to your, your higher power and you're letting kind of them do it. Um, 
you know, Eli, I don't know if there's anything specific that you do. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do those things as well. Um, Chris, you know, taught us a lot of things for protection as well, like imagining like a circle of light, you know, encircling all of us um, and keeping that um, in that light. Um, the other thing I do is when I go home, David talks about intent. Um, it may mm. seem crazy to someone from the outside, but when I'm in my car going home, I say, you cannot follow me home. Yeah. You yep. cannot, you know, take a ride, you know, back to where I'm going. You're not allowed anywhere near me. So if you're in here right now, you need to leave. Yeah. Um, and sort of having that, having that foot down, having that intent. And I've never had anything follow me home over four years. Yeah, no, that's something that I'm a huge believer in is intention. Um, that's why that... we don't, that's why we don't mess with like any kind of spirit boards. We don't, <laughs> we don't do any of that stuff just because like, yeah. you never know what's on the other side of that kind of stuff. Right. And, and when you, when you start dabbling in that, it's very hard to, to know for sure what's yeah. actually there and, and stuff. But, um, the other, the other thing that you guys have coming up is a Shanley Hotel. You're doing a live stream investigation um, on sa- uh, it's Saturday, December 16th. Um, tell us about how you guys came about trying to do live stream investigations and stuff like that. Is this your first one and, and, and along those lines? So, yeah. So it's actually kind of a, something new that we're trying. We're trying to figure out the best way to live stream things because especially mm-hmm. when we go into a lot of private residences we either don't have good wi-fi the, they're in the middle of nowhere and it's like well mm-hmm. how do you then keep that reception open we did the uh the bond hotel in hartford connecticut which is a historic hotel with a lot of deaths and the basement is huge but as soon as you go in the basement you lose all reception so how mm-hmm. do we then take people with us so it's something that we're, we're working on and we're trying to get better at we just invested a lot of money in some really, really nice cameras. Uh, so nice. we're hoping to kind of up our quality and up our technological game, if you will. Yep. Uh, so it's not the first one we've done, but it's the first one that I think we're really going to be planning out and trying to, I don't know, make really high quality so people can kind of really tune in with us. Um, I think the plan is to, we, we have the hotel, the whole hotel to ourselves. So we're all going to be in separate rooms and all the rooms are haunted. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's even going to be interesting to live stream separately from our rooms. So it's like we're doing separate investigations, but you can watch us all at the same time. Yeah. Right. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think, I don't know. I think these guys, they've been laughing about it because they're, they have plans to put me in a particular room for some reason. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll kind of see what comes of that. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for it. I've stayed in uh usually I'm the one who gets put in the, the most haunted rooms because of the psychic thing. So yeah, I was going to say, you're kind of the Guinea pig on that one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, no. putting me in, I'm putting, I'm being put in the bathroom too. So you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really looking forward to tuning into that. Yeah, I, uh, absolutely. Well, I'm very we'll, excited. We'll keep promoting that kind of stuff too. And, and yeah, thank you. Our socials and, and yeah, stuff of course. Too. And the other reason for live streaming too was, um, you know, we used to have a Patreon um, and we sort of shut that down. And, you know, we were trying to figure out ways of engaging our audience Mm -hmm. um, as much as possible because so many people, um, you know, we started like a 
um, you know, like a chat, you know, for our uh, loyal fans. Um, and so many people are like, when can I go on an investigation? When can I go on an investigation? Yeah. It, it's just, it's not possible. Like, you know, right. we have seven people, which is more than we've ever had. There's, mm-hmm. there's been points, there's been points where it's just me, David and Chris, mm-hmm. um, you know, during the four years that I've been on the team and, uh, it's just not possible to bring on more people. So we're mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do we bring them along with us? Right. Um, and so this is a way for them to come along with us, to ask questions, um, yeah. and us answer, um, in, in real time. Um, and you know, it's, it's been good. It's been uh, pretty successful so far. You can kind of tell us like what to do on the live stream too, right? Like, oh, who who should go do that solo session down in the basement by themselves? Yeah, you know, let's take a vote, and usually we're all going to vote Lindsay because she's scared of everything. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, that's awesome. That's such a good way to engage your audience and uh, and have more people be able to experience that that paranormal. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, do you guys have sort of a dream? location that you'd like to investigate oh that's a tough one that is a tough one i i still and it's relatively close i actually really want to go to gettysburg oh you've been yeah um yeah i chris and i have it was one of our things where we were like we have to get to gettysburg um Mm. just i mean one the history right like seeing the battlefields is i'm sure like amazing and uh you know the other thing too is like it's just supposedly so haunted there's so many spirits and lost souls and i think for me that would be amazing um a lot of the other places i don't know like eli went to lizzie borden house and there was really nothing it's kind of overdone um i recently got invited to the conjuring house uh but okay i'm not you know super into that like yeah yeah uh so i think it's more the historical places like the asylums the gettysburg yeah. different battlefields i think that's where i'm at yeah so i i grew up um 45 minutes east of gettysburg uh i was i was surrounded by it like we had a um in my high school we had a civil war class that you could take oh, nice. that was nice. just a civil war history class and like a lot of it focused on gettysburg we did field trips all the time there and i've had friends of mine who have seen stuff and experienced stuff um you get i will say be prepared to just feel completely surrounded yeah like you can be the only one standing there but you do you feel enclosed almost like there's just so mm. much um and I, what I would say is uh, take a tour beforehand and know where Pickett's Charge is and then run actually run Pickett's Charge. You probably get some stuff out of that. Like wow. just, as, just as somebody who is a paranormal enthusiast and history buff, I think yeah. that that would be something like just just to run the field where he did his charge because that's where the most people died on the third day, and it, wow. it's it's an incredible place. I highly recommend. Right, Eli, <laughs> Eli, put it put it out there that we're doing Gettysburg next year. <laughs> right, I'm writing. I'm writing I'm, that. I'm, down. I'm, I'm convinced. Um, you know, that's an interesting thing you bring up too is the reenactment type mm-hmm. of investigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that we do often, actually. Um, very cool. Like there's a there's a the Windham Inn in Windham, Connecticut is yep. we're the only team that have ever been allowed in there. And we found that 
I guess there's an infamous spirit of Elizabeth Shaw there. She was, I think, the first woman hanged in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Back in like the mm-hmm. 1700s. And um, she ended up, she abandoned her child in the middle of the woods. So that's why she was hanged. But she didn't, mm-hmm. basically didn't have a trial at all. They just hanged her. And um, we are currently working with the historical society to try to figure out where she might be buried. And where, oh. exa- and where exactly she was hanged and where she walked yeah. to the mm-hmm. to the gallows, essentially. So part of our investigation is finding that information out. And then we're actually mm-hmm. going to walk as much as we can and see if I could pick up anything on, well, I guess any more information based on wow. that walk. Because if wow. we can find something like that, I mean, not only does nobody know where she's buried yeah. right now, but yeah. so if, like, if we could figure that out, that's huge. Um, I know Chris also, when he was alive, he assisted in a missing persons case in Florida. Okay. So he actually was asked by a friend or something who was down there. There was a uh, 22-year-old man who went missing or something, and they, they suspected foul play. Chris tuned in. He did his thing and actually found out that he wrote down like mile marker 18 or something. And when they looked by the river there's a mile marker 18 they found like his his clothing or something wow so then when he kept going chris kind of put the story together it was uh chris believed that this guy was murdered over over a girl um and there was some drugs or something that was involved in that and uh he was killed and he was thrown in the river and eventually they found his body but what's crazy is that Chris believed that there was corruption in the police department down there because it was like a small town. Right. And the sheriff actually called Chris and started asking questions about like where he was getting his information from and stuff. And Chris was like, I got a family. I got kids. Like, I'm not getting any more involved in this. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, wow. But like they found his body and everything based on some of the stuff that Chris said. So that was That's weird. amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's, you know, a lot of people talk about the psychic cold cases and using psychics yeah. and stuff. And a lot of people, you know, there's not much to it. But I right. can legitimately say Chris was definitely one example that wow. was legitimate. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Now, Eli, over to you. Dream location mm-hmm. of investigating. So um, I think there's two places. One of them I've, I've been to already. Um, I'd love to go back to Waverly Hills Sanatorium in oh, Connecticut. Yeah. Yes. Um, which, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, um, was an old tuberculosis hospital where mm-hmm. over 100,000 people died there. They even yeah. have a body shoot um, yep. where yep. they would bring people down because they were afraid to show all the dead bodies passing by the patients and right. them uh, you know, getting depressed about that. Um, so that was that was a great. I love doing that. Uh, the second place which I've never been to is the Winchester Mystery House. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, it might be over commercialized now, um, mm-hmm. but you know, just just the very fact that you know Sarah Winchester was building these stairways to nowhere, these doors yeah. that wouldn't open, and just building for I think 30, 40 years. Yeah. Um, constantly building so that like the activity um you know wouldn't get to her and sort of kill her um yeah it's so intriguing to me 
Yeah, I compl- that's one of the places I want to go really bad because I feel like having that fearful energy that she had when she was building this house, mm-hmm. um, there there has to be something that that fueled that, and also that probably fueled other activity as well. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That the Winchester Mystery House is just a fascinating case of psychological torture upon oneself. Yeah. (laughs) It's what it comes down to. It's like, I don't, I don't know how, how you live with that. And like, it it just, I don't know. I would have had to move. Yeah. I would have moved. I I don't know if I would have stayed there at all. (laughs) (laughs) Plus she had bottomless money too. So. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) They say money can't buy happiness, but it can buy you a billion rooms to trap your demons. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> so as we as we wind down here, obviously you have the cre- uh, the Christmas presentation at the Russell Library uh, Saturday, December uh, 9th at 3 p.m. You have the Shanley Hotel live stream investigation. That'll be mainly on your Facebook, you said, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Perfect. Um Check these guys out on Facebook, Eastern Connecticut Paranormal Society, on Threads and Instagram at Eastern CT Paranormal, and visit their website, easternctparanormal.com. Guys, we cannot thank you enough for coming on and doing this with us. This was great. Uh, great to pick your brain, and we'd love to have you on again at some point, too, just to continue our conversations. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having us. Uh, we'll we'll always come back. We. Yeah. We talk. We love talking about this stuff, so we'll talk for like yeah. hours. So that's why you have to. Cut us off. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. I'm listen. Glad, I'm glad you did. <laughs> listen, I, I'm the same way about pro wrestling. If you get me started, I don't stop. So. <laughs> so. I love it. Um, you guys hang tight. Let's do our outro here, and then right. uh, we'll continue a little bit of a ex- extra conversation after we turn off the camera. Yeah. So. Thank you guys so much. I'm Damien. I'm Ashley. And this has been Casually Die Hard. Bye. Bye!